Welcome everyone to this episode of the coaching practice. I am really excited to have Sue Morris of MetaView Coaching and Consulting with us. Welcome, Sue. Oh, thank you so much, DP. Sue, it's great to have you here. And let's just get into it. Could you tell me and the people listening your coaching journey to where you are today? For sure. Well, I am... I've been a coach probably for only about five years. And um, prior to that, I actually thought coaching was a little bit flaky as a profession. Um, I'll be very honest. I didn't have the best view of it. And I I think, you know, I come out of a a kind of a strategy, data, marketing, e-commerce background. And for me, it just didn't seem, I guess, it wasn't very hardcore in a way. but actually, when I was exposed to it, when I was in a in doing some consulting work, I was just amazed, um, you know, at how impactful it was to have people just come up with their own ideas of what it is they wanted and needed to move forward. Um, mm. And I mean, that's more in a strategic space. We we, we used a coaching approach, um, and and I was so intrigued at that point that I sort of quickly. St- you know, decided I need to, needed to go and learn more. So I did a couple of courses and thought, oh, am I going to be a coach? Am I really going to be a coach? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I just kept learning and kept loving. Um, mm. And, um, and so, yeah, I have pursued it and, and pretty much, you know, I'm doing that full time now, you know, much less consulting work and, and much more, much more coaching. It's, uh, it's tremendously rewarding. So, Obviously, there's loads of detail in the past five years of your life heading up the practice. And maybe we will touch on that in later questions. But I'm always curious as to what kept you and what keeps you in the coaching space. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think it's the those moments you have sometimes when you've finished on a, a coaching call where you just realize how different the person is being um you know just just the real sense of how you've been able to impact their lives positively i mean i say that for individuals and also for teams you know when you see people stepping into a brave zone or a zone that they don't normally go into um and practicing and trying that it's very very rewarding because you Mm. know even if it's a small change, what's seemingly a small change, the impact of that over time, as I always explain, is really, really, it's really big and really important. Um, mm. So I love that. I often get this like overwhelming physical response at the end of course, mm. um, you know, that it's just, sure, I actually really do make a difference, you know, and, mm. I, and I certainly never experienced that in, in consulting and, um, you know, that was one of the things that really always bugged me about. It was just, you can do as many PowerPoint presentations as you want, but uh, often mm. they end up on the shelf. Mm. So for many people listening, um, coaches who might just be starting out, maybe just, they just finished a training program. You, what you're currently doing is you're living the dream. You're, you're full-time into coaching. Mm. Um, if you had to give one kernel of advice from your five years past experience in building the practice to people who are just starting out, what would that kernel of advice be? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think people come from different backgrounds. And so, you know, I'm not sure how relevant this would be to everybody. But I was definitely under the misapprehension that once I'd finished a coaching course, the coaching would sort of just arrive. It would just come. There would be people. Yeah. <laughs> they would just arrive. And, <laughs> and it would be easy to, to get coaching clients and to build a coaching practice. And I very quickly realized that that was not going to be as easy as I expected. So having not come out of an HR background or a learning and development background or anything like that, I didn't have a network um, that I could mm. easily talk to. Um, and it was a big pivot for me in, in my career. So, um, you know, that won't be true for everybody. Um, mm. But but that was a bit of a surprise. You know, I, I sort of invested in the courses. I did quite a few of them. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm going to be able to sell these things. You know, let me just reach out. And, you know, I tried a few things and I, you know, got little bits of work, um, but, but don't, certainly not enough. Mm. And then I think, you know, I started to, I, you know, tend to have a, a bias for research. So I just started talking to successful coaches and I tried to understand, you know, what their journeys looked like. And I think mm. possibly the thing that occurred to me that was most important is, is strategic partnerships. Mm -hmm. So as a coach, you know, I work in the executive coaching space and then leadership and, you know, in business, in the business world. Mm. Because um, that's my background. Um, if you can find an organisation that is selling coaching work into into businesses or change work or transform transformation work, and join partner with them, you know, become mm. a coach that works with them. Um, that can be very valuable because otherwise you're spending an inordinate amount of time on the sort of promotion and and marketing side of of coaching. Um, you know, and many of us who are great coaches are really not such great marketers and salespeople. You know, that's not mm. what we that's not what we signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so that's and it it, it takes time, GP, you know, I'll be honest, it's not been it's not a, you know, coaching is not a great business. You know, if you had to compare it to other businesses, it's not you know, so I'm going to knock the lights out. Um, you know, you have to put in quite a lot of work and and time effort to get any sort of a return. So what mm. you'll see is that many coaches are also trainers and facilitators, and they have other things on the side. Um, mm. You know, because it's uh, there is a you know your coaching rate is your coaching rate, and that takes up a lot mm. of your time. And there's still a lot of work outside of that that mm. needs to happen. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. So. Let's talk a bit of philosophy, specifically how mm. you show up as a coach. Mm. How would you define coaching as, as you practice it? So funny. I heard somebody say the other day, who you are is how you coach. Mm. Mm. And I think, um, I think that's largely true. You know, obviously, you know, I've, I've studied integral coaching, ontology, um, the Enneagram, um, and, you know, through the ICF accreditation process, I've also learned um, a structure for coaching. Um, mm. So I tend to sort of follow a, and I suppose it's the double diamond approach where I really just try to get a sense of the, the human being and, the, and, and their issue um, mm. and then and get really curious about that. So well, I almost sort of envisage myself walking over towards them and standing with them and just trying to understand 
the terrain, you know, what's the map here, what's going on, mm. um, and questioning that, just sort of opening things up. So that's the beginning of the the first diamond, and then trying to to get clarity on on what what would really be helpful um, to move forward. You know, once you've got a sense of why they value something. Um, mm. And I don't know, you know, to be, to be honest, I mean, there's the science and there's the the art. Mm -hmm. um, mm. I used to, as a good consultant, I used to prepare for all of my sessions, and I would have, I'd have lovely post-it notes and flip charts and all sorts of things going on. And in the end, mm. you know, it's a it's a creative journey that unfolds off the back of a mm. a relationship of trust, you know. So 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 that's the, that's you know first and foremost you have to have mm. a, a relationship with the client and they have to trust you without that and without you know that's you know I keep coming back to that it's so important to enroll the client and and get them to understand that it's as much as about them as about you you know mm. it's, it's a two-party thing here mm. um and then and then i'll do you know really whatever comes to mind in that conversation with the client so I may use a an ontological approach, or I may use a metaphor, or I may, uh, you know, um, I sometimes use um, nonviolent communication, or I may even just share something um, with the client. So there are times where I do step into that zone of, well, he hasn't, you know, may I offer you an idea? Um, around something, you know, there's this, I, I read and I read an awful lot and, um, you know, there's some great thinkers on, um, on, on, on leadership skills. And so I might just mm. share that as an idea and, and see if mm. it resonates. Um, you know, if the client is really sitting in a place of, I don't know, and I don't know how do you step out of this. And, um, but it really depends. It depends, mm. we, you know. Uh, so eventually, I suppose it's like a little toolbox, and I just sort of dip into whatever comes to mind um, with the client. Hmm. You, so you mentioned ont ontological um, mm -hmm. research. You did enneagram, integral. Um, what are the foundational theories that you would say at this stage in your development as a coach? is more central to your approach. If you have to choose like three or two or one, that's really central to how you practice coaching. What did that tool, what did that theory be? Um, I don't know, GP, maybe sort of, I mean, I'm, at, I'm, I'm, I love to look at the broader system. So mm -hmm. in that sense, you know, I do have a, I like to bring in a systemic view. And I, uh, I mean, I suppose one of the things I always do is <coughs> I try to give some perspective to the client. You know, often when you're sitting in and stuck in a particular issue, it's really mm. hard to to see perspective. So, I mean, I use a lot of reflection in that process, but also just to asking them to zoom in and zoom out. You know, so if you had to zoom out, sort of the balcony kind of idea. You know, how how do you how do you see this, and what else is possible? So really, just trying to um, to get them to see something a little bit differently, you know, potentially mm. challenging some of the assumptions that are sitting there. Um, but yeah, so systemic and I don't know, human relational. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what 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 the underpinning theory might be, but mm. um, but it really is ultimately about getting them to to see differently and feel differently and 
and be motivated to, to start to build the motivation to move forward towards that. Mm. Um, but, but oh, I mean, I should mention strengths also. I mean, I don't, mm. uh, you know, the, occasionally I've been part of projects where we've been asked to, you know, look at 360 reviews and, you know, work on, on the weak areas. And, and I find that quite a negative process. I much prefer a positive emotional state to work with. You know, I think we are as humans much more drawn to our strengths and what we're good at. Um, mm. You know, that's the natural zone of, of genius, really. You know, so really try to work in, in finding that, articulating that, in, in noticing that with a client. Um, mm. So I would say, you know, strong bias for, um, for positive and finding the strengths that, that they can then build. You know, leaders generally just are, are really excellent at, at what they're good at. Mm. Sue, um, some coaches, like I said, might be sitting in front of a mountain of theories and tools. Mm. What pointers would you have for them in deciding what's, what works for them? How, how do they choose out of this mountain of, of mm. things they can use? I mean, I think you have to, I would probably say you need to, you need to feel your way through it, you know, I mean, I think also we have responses in coaching, you, you know, reflecting on your own coaching and, and how did that work and, and also hold them lightly, you know, I mean, I'll sometimes say to a client, look, I've got a, you know, it's nonviolent communication, for example. It's not uncomplicated. <laughs> it's mm. really amazing, but it's not an uncomplicated process to um, to work through. It can be extremely powerful. But you know, do you want to, You know, and I'll ask them, do you want to try this? Um, can we can we try it together? Can we see? And then you know, ask them continuously. Ask them for feedback. You know, and I've had some clients say to me, "Oh no, it's just not working for me." And others mm. who've really leaned in and and had had benefit from it. So, so holding them, holding all these tools and theories quite lightly, I think is important. Um, mm. And I think over time it eventually comes. I mean, I, I mean, in the beginning I was much more rigid, you know, and I, I sort of forced my way into coaching sessions. But um, I'm I'm much more more relaxed um, than. Mm than I was initially. So, so, so that will come, you know, as it does with practice, almost an embodied state rather mm. than a, a, a mental process, you know. So I part of my journey and part of my challenge as a, you know, previous consultant, recovering consultant, <laughs> is, to, is to stop the head and to actually be much more in the heart space with my clients mm. because that's, you know, that's sometimes much more valuable to them than me just sharing literature that they can read, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a huge challenge. Um, like you said, people come to coaching as coaches from, from different backgrounds and in consultancy, yeah. the value is where you're, you are the expert, you give the advice and you, you just mentioned something that I think is, is, is something to, to, just to, um, I want to highlight is you said to stop the heart and I think it was mm. allow the heart or something mm. like, like that, mm. Ex making that exchange. Mm. Some people it's difficult to, 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 to go out of um, advice giving mode and into actual coaching, which is listening um, with your heart as well. I, th I just thought I'd highlight that. Yeah. It's, um, a I mean, it's an ongoing process. <laughs> 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 Not hard to let go of. 
<laughs> so it's time for the client part of the conversation. Mm. You mentioned that you 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 work predominantly with execut- executives and leadership. Do you could you granularize that a bit more? Are there certain executives and certain leadership clients you you prefer, or, or is is that your the niche description? Um. So. No, I mean, I, I think I, I have a passion for sort of two areas that I think really support kind of my purpose. So what I really would love to do with this work is to, is to make organizations and workplaces more human and more joyful. You know, that's what, that's my ultimate aim is I really, you know, I think we've got such a a machine age way of thinking about work. And um, it's really my intention to bring more, more humanity and, and humanness into the way that we, we manage and lead people. I do think leadership is the, is the solve for that. Um, And so, so in that sense, there are two areas that I'm particularly passionate about. The one is um, psychological safety um, which underpin they're actually related, I guess, um, which underpins the the agile manifesto. So the agile way of working is is just, yeah, I mean, it's so much more freeing mm. and so much more human because it's really a a movement rather than necessarily a process. you know it's it's underpinned with really substantive values and ways of relating as human beings to one another in the workplace. And so, um that's you know immediately when i was exposed to that um you know through through my tech background i thought wow this is this is something you know and i'm really not talking about just an agile iterative process you know mm. it's much bigger than that uh, for me um and so you know to start with because psychological safety is the is the it's the foundation um you know i love i love trying to see whether there are openings to talk about that. Um, mm. And in fact, you know, I will, I will even sell psychological safety coaching because I believe that, you know, it's, it's, we need support as leaders. We need support rather than just a training session <laughs> to tell mm. us, so, you know, be vulnerable, be nice, whatever it is. And I mean, that's, it, it's completely misconstrued in that sense. Um, it's actually a complex thing to to build and create, and you have to do it continuously. Um, you know, you have to be so aware of your own power and how that plays out, and how to mitigate that continuously to really get the most out of people. And the only when they feel safe will they will they really give you all that they're capable of. You know, unleashing that agency, that piece of of all of us that sits there dormant in in spaces where we're not safe is oh sure that's the that's the best that's the ka-chow <laughs> ka-chow so how did how did you choose your clients you mentioned that you you came from the background in leadership and executive level but how did you how did you choose them well, i wish i could say i did Jiffy. i mean i've i've had well that's not true i have I have to some extent targeted clients along with my values. So mm. I, I love working with businesses who have yeah. functional cultures, you know, so it's, so it's a, a fertile breeding ground. Mm. Um, 
So, and I like sustainable businesses. I care very much. I'm also part of the Climate Coaching Association. I care a lot about the environment and what we're doing to our planet. And so through that, I've, I've tried to sort of orient some of my marketing towards more sustainably oriented businesses. Um, mm. But that being said, you know, I've got clients... I've got a client in Silicon Valley that just found me on a on a platform, you know. Mm. Um, uh, it, um, we, we're doing amazing work together, and it is extraordinary to have to be able mm -hmm. to do that, to be able to coach all over the world. Um, mm. But it's um, yeah, but that that I mean, that would be my ideal. To it would be to have more clients that align with with what I care about because. Mm. You know, that's what I came from. I just did the work for the work's sake. And now I want to do work that matters and that makes a difference for, for the people I work for. I do pro bono coaching, particularly in the education space for nonprofits. Um, mm. So I've got a couple of leaders in that space as well. So that's my kind of, that's also hard work for me. <laughs> mm. So when, when coaches start out, they obviously need to find clients and some of them, um, their, their practices are a generalist practice. Others prefer focus. Both get the job done and mm -hmm. both make money and, and are great businesses. Mm -hmm. So if we say that coaches um, want to establish their practices and they want to start looking at, at a focus area of clients, what would your advice be to them when they're in that space? I mean, maybe even get a coach. I think you've got to, you've got to figure out what it is that really makes your heart sing. You know, what do you care about? What do you really want to impact? I mean, I can't think of a better way to coach off the back of that. I mean, that's got to be the the thing. You've really got to figure out what that is. What is the what is the thing that matters to you most in the world? Um, and if there's a few answers to that, that's okay too. You know, we can all be, these days we can all be, you know, slash this, slash that, Um if we want to be, if we've got capacity for that, but, but if you can try and, I mean, I do, I, I do value focus and I think it's very good to get very focused on a, on a particular area and a niche. Um, and if you're, if you're passionate about it, it shows, you know, mm. um, so, so that would be, that would be my advice. Um, mm. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for your input. Mm. I did advice yeah. there. You, you got me to do advice when I'm a coach. Yeah. <laughs> no, when I, asked, I was asking for advice, so it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you for your presence here with us. And um, I think I, I just want to say I appreciate your time and giving, mm. you, giving your time. Oh, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. <laughs>